0: What's cooking, everybody? It's Monday, October 28th. Things are getting spooky, and this is the Poor Couple's Food Guide Deep Dish Podcast, where we do a deep dive on all your favorite foods. I'm your host, Poor Couple's Food Guide Eric, a.k.a. The Goose, a.k.a. All Might, and with me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Poor Couple's Food Guide, Meg, a.k.a. lay Skunk, a.k.a. Scarecrow. Hello. And together, we are the Halloween couple who is getting ready for a spooktacular weekend. Halloween is in a couple of days, so we hope you're hungry with some tasty knowledge facts, because today, your main course is going to be some peanut butter cups. started with the appetizers uh so no i'm not actually all might she's not actually a scarecrow but that's gonna be am
1: i dum 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 um no oh okay
0: (laughs) unless you haven't told me this like all the all the years we've been together um but yeah uh i'm gonna be all might for halloween she's gonna be a scarecrow for halloween as you can see here (laughs) Charlie is going to be a prisoner because he's a
1: little camera shy
0: though I don't think he's camera shy so much as he's just very uncomfortable and he's sitting on a chair that is really not designed for a dog to sit on. We'll see how long he lasts on there because I don't think he's having fun Charlie here put your face right there he he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't know what to do we gave him a coaster and uh could be we'll, as
1: like a substitute pillow.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see what he does. But yeah. So uh, we do have we got one Halloween party we're going to this year, and it's going to be a socially distant, responsible Halloween yeah, party. All
1: outside. It'll be
0: outside. There's gonna be karaoke. There's gonna be probably fireworks. Let's be real. Our friend likes fireworks. So there's fireworks. <laughs> there's a 90% chance there's gonna be fireworks at any party that he hosts. So yeah, we're uh, we're looking forward to that. Plus, even besides parties, like it's just fun to go out into town and. Just dress up in your costume and just roam around because I don't know everyone's in costume. You, that, Halloween's cool because it's not just like for little kids anymore.
1: Yeah, I really liked um, in college, like going to school on Halloween because there's just the perfect mix of like people in costume and people not in costume. Yeah, so you just be walking around, and see like most normal people just like jackets or like their sweatshirts or whatever, and then you just see like I don't know like a skeleton.
0: Yeah, or some guys like, walking around as Goku, yeah, or, like, Super Mario, or something. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, that's how, that's how it is here in Patchogue now, though, and like, a lot of places, a lot of downtown areas here, people just, they, like, I don't know, they, like, we're not the odd ones out, fortunately, yeah. like, a lot of people, they just are like, oh, it's Halloween, like, let's walk around in public with a costume on, because that's fun, why wouldn't you, like, I guess, I mean, it's that same mentality here, people that just, like, are legitimately annoyed at, like, oh. Halloween used to be just for kids. And then you see adults and have parties and the world was coming. It's just like the kind of like I don't know, the kind of assholes that would like go to a grocery store and be bothered that like the cashier who has nothing to do is on their cell phone. Uh, but uh what other like what what costumes have we done the, like i don't know that stick out in our mind our first year together we did gomez and morticia adams cause yeah that was
1: a good one big
0: fans of the adams family we did a good job yeah. on it too because it's
1: only couples costume we've ever done though
0: yeah because couples costumes are tricky because i don't know i feel like a lot of people who normally would have like cool costumes would be i don't know they would they they do a couple's costume and it ends up just like really lame i don't know Oh, no. Charlie's getting his own pillow now. The might not
1: stay on. Maybe. Sorry. You could Let's have kept see. going. Only people watching YouTube would yeah, have Yeah, that's not, that happening.
0: not too distracting <laughs> to have a dog and a pillow flying around, but...
1: See, he's already more comfortable.
0: All right, fine. He's much more comfortable. Anyway, back but to costumes. Back to costumes. Yeah, uh, a lot of people that do couples costumes, I feel like it's it comes out very cop out because I feel like people who normally do a cool costume, they end up falling into that. Especially when... Okay, there's two types of couples' costumes. There are couples costumes where it's, like, characters or, like, just two costumes that happen to go together really well, like Morticia and Gomez or maybe Mario and Luigi or, like, a hamburger and a hot dog, stuff like that. But then there's the other, there's the lazy, really stupid couples costumes. It was like, oh, we're just both hippies. Yeah, we're both hippies or, like, we're, we're both dressed up as... I don't know. We both are dressed up as dinosaurs. I bet you guys have never seen those giant air pump dinosaur costumes. Ugh. So glad that those things are finally starting to wane in, in popularity. Because those things, like... That was funny for approximately 18 seconds. The first time you ever saw it. It was like, ha ha ha! Whoa! That's that's crazy! That's a big dinosaur costume. And it's like filled with air. And then, and then you just kind of get over it. And then everyone else kept doing it. Yeah. And it was fucking stupid. Um... I did, last year, I I, I really liked my costume last year. I went as the chainsaw guy from Resident Evil. Yeah. It's like, he's got the bag over his head. I actually sewed together, like a burlap sack and, like, cut it out and fucking blood everywhere and borrowed my friend's fake chainsaw. That was a good costume.
1: Yeah, I liked my voodoo doll costume from a couple years ago.
0: That was a good costume, too. It was cute, but it was creepy.
1: Yeah. I feel like I wasted my Nabbit costume too soon, because it would have been perfect for this year, because I had the mask with, like, the face on it. and Like, I would have been perfectly covered in, for, you know, coronavirus.
0: Mario's hot this year, too, because of, uh, I think, the 35th anniversary, so. But, uh, we had a couple kids at a party recognize you as Nabbit. Yeah. It was fun when we went that year. Um, I did, similarly, uh, not to just rattle off Resident Evil costumes, but I went as the merchant from Resident Evil 4 maybe, like, maybe eight years ago, and that was probably one of the best costumes I ever did because it was just, like, perfect. Like, I had... My mother had, like, a cloak coat thing that I had. I had the bandana. I, like got a bunch of boxes that looked like bullet boxes and like a gun and I borrowed a bandolier like a Nerf gun bandolier from a friend and it was just like flawless it looked perfect man uh
1: most comfortable costume for me would be my skunk costume cuz right. I still wear the hoodie like too yeah. like I just wore it when I was walking Charlie before
0: Yeah you made you made it too I did. which is very impressive that's fun you know cuz like you wear it like you get you see people with like those like animal hood like um like, hats, like, winter hats with, like, the ears and stuff that come down, and, like, I don't know, like, yours is a similar concept, but it's a hoodie, but, like, you made that, so that's really cool, because you're crafty, and you're awesome. Thanks. But, uh, yeah, basically it was pajamas when you wore it. It was. It was just a soft hoodie and, like, black felt, or not felt, velvet pants or whatever, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was a cute costume. Everybody liked that costume. So... Trying to think, like back when I was a kid, I don't think I had any really standout costumes. I remember the, the earliest costume I can remember doing when I was a kid was I went as Batman when I was like four or five, I think. And all I remember from that costume was that I had like the mask. It was just like it was like a plastic, like rigid plastic, or no, not rigid, but like soft, but like you know the material where it's like soft but it's still molded. So like it was that it was like it was able it wasn't like a cheap one it was it wasn't chintzy but it was like this thick plastic Batman mask that went over my face and all I can remember is just like from breathing condensation just got so wet inside Ew. and I was just like <laughs> and I was like five years old so like kids are disgusting I'm so sure that's
1: great for hers with asthma too yeah
0: exactly so that was the earliest costume I can remember what's the earliest one you can remember
1: that I remember.
0: Yeah, that you remember, or you know of.
1: Well, the first one I know of from pictures was like a devil. So my parents just got me like a little like devil outfit thing. Um, the first one I remember like coming up with on my own was ballerina cat. I don't know why. Ballerina cat. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know why. Sure,
0: the creative <laughs> cost. Original costumes are better than just like when people go out and they're like, "Here's seventy-five dollars," and they're like, "Okay, here's your full <laughs> costume kit that looks pretty good."
1: i'm pretty sure i was also a rabbit one of the early like a pink rabbit early on the thing i'm most mad about is that i never was dorothy from wizard of oz when we had nelly our current Uh, terrier who could have been toto like i don't know why i never did that i'm just i'm very like mad at past me for not doing that
0: so you can sort of make up for it next year not really but like what we'll do with Charlie, you can make up for it with Charlie's costume. Dye him black. <laughs> no, no, I was going to say we are going to, so Charlie's a Westie, so we are going to get him a cardboard cutout oh, of yeah. the Caesar yeah. dog food, like the Westie and the Caesar dog food commercials, and the dog's head is on the package, so we're just going to get a square and just, like, print it out or paint it so it looks like the actual dog food container and stick his head through through. so i'm sure he'll love that yeah i'm sure because he's like really he's already miserable in to bed because of the the prisoner outfit so um i think one of the dumbest ideas i had for a costume once was i think my parents got a refrigerator around the time of halloween so i was just like i'm just gonna be a refrigerator box (laughs) so i took a refrigerator box cut holes for arms and then like eye holes and like to to be fair As stupid as it was, I actually came up with a really smart idea, which is I, like, attached the candy bag, my, like, pillowcase, I attached it into the inside of the box, so I just, like, got the candy and just pulled it in, into my arms, into, like, this fucking, like, cardboard (laughs) robot square that I was in, and just dumped it in there, and I had it there, I didn't have to carry it, so. Mm. Although, I, uh, I did get egged by some fucking kids in the woods, which... To be fair, if you're some stupid, shitty teenager with eggs and you see a giant fucking (laughs) box slowly walking down the street, how could you not egg that? Oh, man. Uh, What other cool... I I was a Professor Oak a couple years ago. That was a cool costume. That was
1: almost a couple's costume. Because you were Professor Oak and I was Professor... Juniper. Juniper. Yeah,
0: Yeah, so we were both Pokemon professors. That was fun. Um... One year, it's very poignant this year, but one year, like maybe like 10 years ago, I went as like a secret agent in like a plague or zombie apocalypse because I just took like, I got like a a jacket and a suit from like, like Goodwill or something and I just tore it up, put blood all over it and then wore sunglasses and like slicked my hair back and I wore like an N95 mask and it looked really friggin cool um and wear that n95
1: mask now we could use that
0: I don't know <laughs> honestly it might be in the back of my car somewhere for all I know yeah that was a cool costume um
1: what's the last year you went trick-or-treating
0: oh I went like trick-or-treating, real trick-or-treating not when
1: we go to Allison and it's all,
0: I went through all high school my last year was 12th grade I went with mm-hmm. my friends uh, like Molly and Tom and yeah, we we were like eighteen ass year olds, and we fucking got a bunch of candy, and it was awesome. I would do I, if we could get away with it. I would still go trick or treating today, yeah, or Saturday, not today. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: My last year, I think it was tenth grade, and then Ooh. after that,
0: switched to parties. See, that's weird because I didn't switch to parties until college when I started getting invited by my like older friends. Like all through grade school, though, like we just uh, we just had like. Trick or treating was fun, so I don't yeah. know. we. It, Halloween parties are fun, though. I'm glad they're a thing now. So, but I guess that's as much as we should talk about. Because even though this is a Halloween edition, we do still have a main topic that we're going to discuss. So, without further ado, I present to all of you today's main course. Peanut butter cups are a candy treat that consists of a small chocolate cup filled with peanut butter, hence the term peanut butter cup. Generally speaking, we usually see these confections in either like specialty chocolate shops, and you could certainly make them at home, but honestly, the most common form that we see them is, you know, Reese's peanut butter cups at stores.
1: Do we really need to spend much time here? Is there a single person on the face of Earth who hasn't had a Reese's peanut butter cup? I mean, come on. Even people with peanut allergies have had at least one. Like, yeah, 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 it might kill you, but hey, don't knock until you try it. There's EpiPens. Of course.
0: But, uh, side note, um, don't knock until you try it is not official medical terminology. Like, uh, poor couple's food guy cannot be held liable if you try ingesting arsenic under the mantra of don't knock it until you try it. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Over the years, we've seen very little variation on the peanut butter cup. Reese's seems to have the monopoly on it, but other companies have tried their hand as well, to varying success. There's just something about their peanut butter that makes it so satisfying that no one can really recreate.
0: Yeah, ironically, I feel like Reese's, like, uh, I think, I'm pretty sure they released their peanut butter, like, on its own in a jar. But, like, from what I remember, like, it kind of sucked, because I remember having it once, and it's just, like, I don't know, it's not right. It's out of place compared to, like, other normal peanut butter. Like, it's dry, and it's not as good... I don't know. I guess it just goes to show you, like, context is important. Context is everything. So, like, great example. Ice cream sundae. Everybody loves ice cream sundaes. They're wonderful. They're this nice frosty treat. But I would say Sundays are at the top of their game in, like, an ice cream parlor or a birthday party or maybe in, like, your living room on a date night. But mm, not so much, say, at a funeral, for example. Like, uh, call me crazy, but might not be the same experience eating an ice cream sundae sitting in a funeral parlor next to your dead aunt laying very very still in a wooden box but going back to peanut butter cups there's uh there's a few different sizes a few different flavors but overall like when you say peanut butter cup you mean peanut butter cup there's not much to differentiate there
1: like seriously what else can we say they're peanut butter cups You can buy them at the store, you can make them at home, and most importantly of all, you can get them trick-or-treating at other Halloween activities.
0: Exactly. We all know what the hell peanut butter cups are, so because of that, let's dig into its earliest origins. So to investigate the history of peanut butter cups, we really, really should explore the origins of, well, peanut butter. For without that key part, we would have nothing but a chocolate cup. And, you know, we're not talking about those tasty little, like, chocolate molded cups that people make now to, like, fill with, like, liqueurs and puddings and stuff. Although, those aren't half bad, actually. Yeah, without the peanut butter, peanut butter
1: cups wouldn't really be chocolate cups so much as just chocolate blobs. Although, even a chocolate blob sounds delicious.
0: I could go for a chocolate blob right now, (laughs) now. Uh, peanut butter is actually really interesting as a foodstuff. Like, we're going to go a little bit deep on it, so it's going to take up most of the origin section just because, you know, peanut butter's awesome. Who doesn't like peanut butter? Uh, you know, so a couple of fun facts here. About 90% of households in the United States eat peanut butter. So like we said before, everybody loves peanut butter. That's not just a, that's not a <laughs> hyperbole. That's a fact. 90% of households in the freaking country eat it. You know, there's good reason for that, too.
1: Peanut butter is pretty good for you. It's absurdly high in protein for just being a tasty plant paste. Like, per weight, about 25% of it is made up of protein. And a standard serving of around two tablespoons of peanut butter gives you about five to 10 grams of protein, which is fantastic for such a small amount. Yeah, protein. (laughs) In addition to its healthy protein load, it's fairly low in carbs, which is exciting for all the people who would rather bitch and moan about carbohydrates than actually, you know, go perform physical activity to burn carbohydrates.
0: Yeah, I don't know. in the same vein as people losing their shit over carbohydrates, like peanut butter is also loaded with fat. And yes, fat is actually a good thing. See now, uh to get dietary for a moment, contrary to decades of bullshit advice based on bad old scientific evidence, uh it turns out that most dietary fat is actually pretty good for you. Like even some types of saturated fats actually have a place in a balanced diet. Uh You know, then you got monounsaturated and polyunsaturated fats. Those are just like legit nutrients that you should be putting into your body the way that you put stuff like vitamin C and niacin into your body. Uh, These unsaturated fats, they overall lower your risk of cardiovascular illness, which is funny because for years, mistaken nutritionists were just like telling you the opposite, that fatty foods cause heart problems. Honestly, like it's mostly trans fats that are the big problem. Like those are the ones you should avoid. Anything else, like even saturated fats are generally safe to eat on a fairly regular basis, you know, if you're eating it in moderation. So feel free to enjoy your butter guilt-free, just as long as you don't just like power fist like a whole stick of it into your mouth. But uh, on the same note, due to like the high protein count and fat content, peanut butter actually does tend to be very calorie dense for its volume. So generally speaking, America as a whole could, you know, benefit from taking in fewer calories in general, but there are still some individuals who need extra calories. Uh, like for example, like elderly people, like people that are recovering from like surgery or if they have like illness or something and like they're actively losing weight cause they're like malnourished, uh, peanut butter for them is, it's a fucking power food. Like seriously, a few servings of peanut butter, it's like an entire meal in and of itself.
1: Besides dietary fats, peanut butter has a bunch of other nutrients and vitamins in it and even includes a bit of fiber as well. Is there anything it can't do?
0: Well, of course, to be fair, there are health advocates out there who like to soapbox about how most brands of peanut butter are junk food and it's not good for you anymore and that you should instead just be eating sugarless, unsalted peanut butter because it's healthier. But uh, to be even fairer, there's also health advocates who recommend inserting gemstones into your vagina because apparently it'll give you superpowers or something, so eh, who's to judge here? Um, Really, on a purely empirical level, yes, sugarless, saltless peanut butter is technically healthier for you than for, you know, example, good peanut butter. Peanut butter that tastes good. But at that point, it doesn't really taste like anything anymore. So like the whole charm of having this super nutritious, protein-packed, awesome food stuff that's also really good and yummy, it, like it's all lost on that. Like if you take out the salt and sugar from it, you know what you're eating? Ground up peanuts suspended in oil. So you know what that's going to taste like? Ground up peanuts suspended in oil. Salt and sugar aren't perfect, but like really, they're necessary for a lot of things to be palatable and like actually enjoy eating them. So, like, just like we mentioned earlier, moderation is key. If you eat peanut butter with actual flavor in it in moderation, it's not going to kill you. So keep slamming down those peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with no worries.
1: Actually, we've already spent so much time talking about peanut butter, but we should dig even deeper here. We should actually look at what peanuts really are. Because, you know, all right, so fun fact. Everyone thinks peanuts are nuts, since you know, they're peanuts. Mm -hmm, But did you know peanuts aren't nuts?
0: Oh really is that
1: common knowledge Mm. yet because like i'm pretty sure everyone's been corrected by someone at some point but you know they're not nuts they're legumes of course that's such a pandemic (laughs) baseline fun fact that anyone with a degree in fun fact studies would know so
0: (laughs) oh but wait a sec fun fact plot twist peanuts are totally nuts don't let that old adage fool you if you couldn't tell by our sarcasm here All the actually nerds out there who "Mm, actually, they'll fall over each other trying to be the first person in line to tell you that peanuts don't meet the official scientific criteria to be referred to as a nut. However, like this tipping of the fedora kind of just ignores that there are absolutely other plant families that produce nuts. Like for example, my family, we're fucking nuts. Seriously though, namely, there's a subfamily which are referred to as ground nuts, which include peanuts among a few others, which as their name suggests, are just nuts that grow underground. Culinarily and culturally, nut has a different meaning than the botanical definition used in science. Like, uh, the definition of a nut in scientific terms is ridiculously restrictive. And like, even then there's a lot of things like seeds that are nuts, quote unquote, but they're not even edible. Like excluding, like, if you're just going to exclude peanuts from the nut party, <laughs> I can't say that with a straight face, <laughs> peanuts in the nut party. I didn't know those episodes gonna be so filthy. Uh, I don't know how many times I can say nuts over and over again <laughs> without just cracking up.
1: Anyway, singling peanuts out as this weird outlier from the hyper-exclusive definition of what constitutes a nut is just silly. You know what other nuts don't meet the hardcore scientific botanical parameters of a nut? What? Almonds, Brazil nuts, cashews, pecans, macadamia nuts, and walnuts. So, like, 75% of all the nuts that we fucking know aren't actually nuts. So, like, sorry food, no more nuts for you. (laughs) You know what the only nuts we eat that are true nuts? Chestnuts and hazelnuts. That's it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Most nuts aren't scientifically nuts, but we have different varieties like tree nuts and ground nuts with different definitions. So like, all right... The next time that someone goes, um, actually, peanuts aren't nuts, they're legumes, you fucking punch them in the face. And while they're on the ground, you fucking take out their phone, you look up the Fabaceae plant family, shove it in their faces, and then smash their phone on the ground because you are not fucking around here. Peanuts do not need any more shade thrown at them, I swear to God.
1: <laughs> Joking aside, for real, peanuts are actually a type of plant known as a groundnut. <laughs> These guys are interesting, because unlike most plants, they bizarrely grow their seeds underground attached to their roots.
0: Yeah, peanuts in particular, they're a type of shrub that are native to South America, which, hey, hey, now, like, this is two episodes in a row where we feature a food whose origins are from America. Well, okay, it's South America, it's not the United States of America, so let me change that to, it's a food whose origins are from the Americas.
1: There's archaeological remains of peanut shells found in Peru that show the plants may have been domesticated over 7,000 years ago. Early civilizations bred wild peanuts to create hybrids that were bushier and better for farming, with larger peanuts than its wild predecessors. From Peru, it spread to pre- to much of South America, including Brazil, Ecuador, and Paraguay.
0: Yeah, and then by the time that the Spanish conquistadors arrived around like the 1500s to crash the party for Mesoamerican civilization as they knew it, Uh, peanuts were a common crop for all of them. Uh, most of South American peoples had it. It was brought back to Europe, where it didn't really take off as much as you would think it would, because peanuts are awesome. But, uh, randomly, it instead became very popular in Africa, where it was very similar to a relative of them, the bambara, which is another type of groundnut. And it's actually pretty interesting because you'll see a lot of traditional African cuisine and dishes that include peanuts in them, despite the fact that peanuts are like a relatively young phenomenon on that continent. But it's because a lot of their cuisine was developed with ground nuts, the bambara in mind. So when peanuts arrived and they become the more popular crop, it was really easy to just adopt their recipes that were to use them to like use peanuts instead.
1: Bizarrely enough, peanuts were introduced to the US from Africa, not the other way around. This actually blew our minds a little. Like, think about the freaking roundabout route those things took to get to the United States. They went from South America to Europe, which then started growing them as a novelty. And when they traded to Africa, they became popular there. And then African traders brought them back across the Atlantic Ocean to North America. So, like... Basically, this would be like if you had a gift for your next door neighbor, so you hand it off to one of your coworkers. Tell them to mail it to your sister, so Oops. she can stop in at your town to drop the gift off at your neighbor's <laughs> house. It boggles our minds. Yeah. Uh,
0: to be fair, though, like even though it seems like it would make sense for like Mexican traders or something to just like bring peanuts up to the United States, uh, the timeline of world events actually resulted in like that wacky world tour route to actually make kind of sense. Because the United States didn't really expand much into the Southwest until, like, eh, the mid-1800s. But, like, by that point, Americans were already trading with Africa. So, yeah, in the end, I guess we were just, like, destined to end up with peanuts around that time, regardless of what happened. It was simply destiny. <laughs> uh, by Speaking of which, by the early 1800s, peanuts were starting to be commercially grown in the United States. But it was mainly used as, like, livestock feed. And they were generally regarded as, like, food for poor people. So, honestly, uh, that's a big whoops on their part, considering how nutritious and yummy peanuts are. Like, people are friggin' idiots. They were wasting it on cows and hobos. Just goes to show you, like, no matter how good a food is, depending on how it's marketed, you could sell it to anyone. Like, look at lobsters. Like, that's one of the poster child cartoon rich person foods now. Like, generally, you only think of people eating it who are, like, lighting cigars with $100 bills. (laughs) But actually, for the longest time, lobsters were considered a trash food that nobody wanted because they were just these big underwater monster bugs that, like, live in the mud. Um, I guess it just took someone suggesting that you serve it by dipping it in liquid butter to make people actually covet lobster as a dish. So, you know, I'm going to go back on what I said. It doesn't have to do with who you try to market stuff to. It's what you can serve covered in melted butter, am I right? (laughs)
1: Actually, peanut butter doesn't contain butter, but it does contain the word butter. Is this the secret to making food sound appetizing? Is just associated with
0: butter? Mm. At any rate, peanuts got a boost in popularity in the late 1800s when circuses began serving them as like a cheap, tasty show food, like kind of similar to popcorn.
1: The real breakthrough for peanuts, however, came a few decades later. And it's all thanks to a man named George Washington Carver, who didn't actually invent peanut butter. That's right. This one was actually a little bit of a surprise. I feel like it's one of those things you pick up in school that no one ever really fact checks. Like, we've been lied to all these
0: years. (laughs) To be fair, even though Dr. Carver didn't invent peanut butter, he was a big advocate of peanuts being used in foods in general, and he was one of the most prominent scientists to support the idea of making them a staple crop in the first place uh this was a big deal because in the early 1900s there was a surge of weevils a type of grain pest a tiny little bug that just like bores holes and stuff they began wiping out cotton crops in the southern states at an alarming rate and you know as we all know if there's one thing that the antebellum south liked more than cornbread and lynching it was cotton uh, cotton was a hugely important crop to the point that a lot of states in the south had their entire economies revolving around it so like When these weevils showed up basically being like hey fuck you guys we're gonna eat all your cotton crops well that was like an apocalyptic scenario for a bunch of states that just finished up the civil war which is a different (laughs) apocalyptic scenario for them luckily though dr carver and other advocates of peanuts were very successful on this and a lot of farmers in the south started growing them in like high numbers it was almost to the point that they flat out replaced cotton as their main export for a while
1: as this was going on, peanut butter was also quietly being vented in the background thanks to another important peanut player, John Harvey Kellogg. And yeah, that's the same Kellogg guy who invented Kellogg cereals.
0: Yeah, so in 1895, Kellogg was awarded the very first United States patent for creating peanut butter when he discovered that grinding up the nuts with oil into a paste could serve as a helpful protein substitute for people who didn't have teeth. And uh, no, that's, that's not a made up fact that way. It sounds like a joke, but seriously. Go back to how we mentioned that like peanut butter and peanuts in general are just like really nutritious and tasty. So, you know, now what if you got a bunch of medical patients who are missing their teeth and they still got to get food in their bodies? Well, this is before IVs and feeding tubes were a thing, so that was off the table.
1: Kellogg and some other physicians started making peanut butters to provide a nutrient source for people who couldn't chew solid foods anymore. If you think for, for a moment, back in the 1800s, let's just say dental hygiene wasn't particularly well-established at the time probably wasn't too common for people to lose most probably wasn't too uncommon for people to lose most of all their teeth by the time they were in their 60s or 70s and at that point a nice corn on the cob is pretty out of the question mm. but while they had sad shit like gruel and porridge maybe some of these elderly people wanted something that you know featured a flavor <laughs> so peanut butter filled that niche quite well to the point that it spilled out to the general public
0: yeah come to think of it you don't see a lot of people with dentures or no teeth in general anymore is that like a reflection of like widespread dental care now like are dentures gonna fall by the wayside who's worried about the dentures industry Come on, wake up, people. Big dentistry is making it so that hardworking tooth craftsmen and the makers of Polygrip are all going to lose their jobs. It's time to make America toothless again. We can't let that industry go. It's too big and important. There just ain't enough meth addicts out there to sustain them for another 10 years. Who's with me?
1: Is this another thing millennials are going to get accused of killing, the denture industry? Yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> millennials kill doorbells, and they kill motorcycles, and they kill dentures. <laughs> Anyway, uh, peanut butter took off in the early 1900s, and it didn't really take very long for it to become an American fixture.
1: Now then, chocolate meanwhile, we've covered the advent of chocolate before, so we don't really need to focus on it too much, but let's look at a brief history of chocolates in terms of candies and miniatures.
0: So as mentioned in previous episodes, chocolate is originally from South America, much like peanuts themselves it's interesting to think that this this perfect pair started off in the same regions before their holy matrimony in the 20th century and actually much like peanuts chocolates were introduced to the rest of the world after the spanish brought it back with them to europe during the age of exploration um wait a sec so just like peanut butter modern chocolate was invented in the mid 1800s as well wow man it is so beautiful to think that these two perfect foods are basically just like twinsies they They're cut from the same cloth. They both left and did their own thing for a few centuries before they reunited in North America with the dawn of peanut butter cups. It's like the greatest romance story never told. Which one do you think would be the top and which one would be the bottom?
1: Um, duh, chocolate would be on top because peanut butter is the filling of peanut butter cups.
0: Wait a sec, but if peanut butter was inside the chocolate, then... Actually, you know what, never mind. This candy introspective has already gotten enough innuendo after we talked about nut parties. (laughs)
1: Anyway, British chocolatier Joseph Fry, no relation to professional douchebag Stephen Fry, is credited with inventing the chocolate bar in 1847 when he figured out that he could make a chocolate paste with cocoa powder and sugar and mold it into a bar shape.
0: Yeah, prior to this, cocoa powder was mostly just used as, like, a flavor. It was, like, in baked goods, and the concept of just, well chocolate didn't exist yet so even though we like to talk shit about britain's spotty history of cuisine all the time we are in their debt for chocolate bars at the very least uh for more rare glimpses of us not making fun of terrible terrible british cuisine go check out our chicken tikka masala episode of deep dish actually wait no uh we still made fun of british food a bunch in that episode so oh well if you haven't listened to it go listen to it anyway it's a lot of fun uh a couple years ago uh after inventing the plain chocolate bar mr fry then invented the very first candy bar kind of chocolate bar in 1849 he created the Fry's chocolate cream bar which is just a chocolate bar filled with like milk cream inside and that product became incredibly popular because of fucking course it did it's the world's first chocolate bar duh chocolate
1: bars underwent some processing and preparation advancements over the next 50 years which helped to make them easier to produce and improve the texture Namely, the Swiss chocolatier Daniel Peter teamed up with Henry Nestle to invent milk chocolate, where they discovered they could make a creamier, smoother chocolate bar if they used powdered milk, which Nestle was claimed for.
0: And then by the end of the 19th century, chocolate bars were already a big market in Europe, so they made their way over to America pretty quickly, and, well, the rest is, well, history. So that should wrap it up for today's topic. Until next week, guys, happy Halloween. No, but seriously, uh, chalk and peanut butter were both getting popular in the U.S. around the turn of the century, so once again, it just seemed like destiny that they would team up sooner rather than later. So, let's get nitty, and let's get gritty, because now it's time to take a look at the history and development of today's topic. So chocolate bars were quickly becoming popular in both Europe and North America following their invention in the mid-1800s by Joseph Fry, and they had no signs of slowing down because chocolate is awesome and people tend to like awesome things. When Fry and Cadbury were taking over the United Kingdom and other parts of Europe, the United States was about to see its own wave of chocolatiers rising up as well. The first of these major brands was the very niche company that nobody's heard of called Hershey.
1: What is this Hershey you speak of? And
0: by niche, I mean that no one's heard of. Of course, I mean the extremely popular, one of the biggest companies in the world, Hershey.
1: Oh, that Hershey. Okay. Milton S. Hershey of Pennsylvania started his very own company with the introduction of the Hershey Bar in 1900. Hershey had actually been involved in confections before, but it didn't really work out for him. Twice he had businesses fail, which is a total bummer. Luckily, the guy hit a bit, had, had a bit more drive than the rest of us and he kept on trying.
0: Yeah, good for him, because I am the exact fucking opposite of that. (laughs) Like, I get discouraged so easily with everything. Like, I'm the kind of person that if I burn a slice of toast, I'll just, like, rage quit breakfast for the next three days. Like, fuck this. Ooh, Ooh, fucking breakfast. If I don't immediately succeed at everything I do in life, I get mad at myself and I just give up instantly. Like, seriously, it's a fucking miracle that we've made this podcast and, like, we're still doing it after four months and not immediately becoming internet celebrities like hell i'm thinking of quitting right now as i read this sentence don't tempt me listeners i will spite my way out of this in the blink of a fucking eye and i will delete every single file that has to do with poor couple's food guide and if you don't share this with everyone i am serious uh uh, (laughs) what i meant to say was don't forget to like and subscribe everyone
1: (laughs) he's not even kidding like this episode almost didn't get made
0: (laughs) But it did. So anyway, as we mentioned, Mr. Hershey gave another go. And the third time was a charm because his newest venture into caramels was profitable. And that allowed him to build up a candy company of his own. Finally, in 19 or no, 1886, <laughs> 1886, he started his own company.
1: By 1894, Hershey was able to start selling their own brand of cocoa powder, which officially launched the Hershey brand.
0: Yeah, and then, as we said, in 1900, Hershey created the Hershey Chocolate Bar, which was pitched as an affordable chocolate bar that everyone can enjoy, not just rich people. And that makes a lot of sense now, considering that Hershey bars actually kind of suck. I mean, what? Look, look, I'm not knocking the guy. He did a lot for chocolate, but, like, plain-ass Hershey chocolate bars, they kind of taste like you took, like, a richer, better-tasting chocolate bar, like, opened it up, took it out of the wrapper... And just like let it sit out in the open in a crawl space for like a month or two. I don't like them. Um, necking aside though, Milton Hershey actually seems like a really decent guy. He was kind of like the Walt Disney of chocolate. Like, uh, just a few years after launching the Hershey bar, he went on to like the next step for every chocolate here, obviously, and built a fucking city. <laughs> Seriously, again, not joking on that one. Uh, only a decade or so after crafting a successful business, this guy just sits down and goes, huh, man, you know, we created a chocolate bar. I mean, the natural progression from here is to create our own civilization, right? Right.
1: <laughs> Hershey, Pennsylvania was founded in 1905 when Mr. Hershey realized that if he wanted happy, effective employees to keep cranking out his turd bar, he'd need to provide them with all the commodities to keep an early 20th century working man satisfied. Affordable homes, public transportation, reputable schools, and of course, a zoo.
0: Ah, I like that when he was building this brand new, like, utopia city, he was like, they gotta have a zoo. These chocolate workers are slaving their asses off 24-7. The least I could do is let them throw popcorn and a couple of zebras (laughs) on their days off. Uh, side note here, we did some research using Hershey's very own website for this section, and, uh, like, you know that stupid warning about, like, websites using cookies that, like, the stupid European Union, like, foisted onto us a couple years ago? Man, oh man, that has never been worse than it was with Hershey's website, because seeing Hershey.com asking me over and over accept if I accept all of their cookies, well... That's just cruel. (laughs) Hershey.com wants to know if you'll accept all their cookies.
1: Seriously. Like, yes, Hershey, I accept all of your cookies. Give me cookies. Can I go get a cookie? (laughs)
0: imagine if what you could do was if you're on a website that's giving you cookies and you click okay accept cookies and then your disk drive just like <laughs> and a cookie just fucking is in there perfectly baked that
1: would be amazing that would
0: be amazing except that joke doesn't work anymore yeah. because no computers have fucking cd drives anymore
1: we have to wait for everyone to get 3d printers there <laughs> then we can go do that. then
0: we'll see the 3d print cookies and then like health nuts will find something <laughs> wrong with that They're like that food's not real it's 3d printed uh, going back to Hershey, the city of Hershey quickly became populated by workers and their families, and shortly after this success, Mr. Hershey set out onto his next conquest, was building a theme park. Not quite what you'd expect. Would've been cooler to, like, start his own country, but, uh, eh, yeah, fairy girls are cool too, mm. I guess.
1: Hershey Park was opened in 1906, or remains open to this very day. What started off as a small little circus style park has grown into one of the most popular theme parks in the world with roller coasters and water rides and creepy mascots and all sorts of crazy shit.
0: Do you do you think if you kill one of the creepy like costume monsters and like dig into their like dead bodies, you just they're just like chocolate inside? Like
1: Probably not, because we would probably hear about like Mascot murders at Hershey's (laughs) Park all the time, if that was
0: the case. That's true. Like, I don't know. I'm just picturing, like, I know they're very clearly just, like, big plush, like, bad costumes. Like, man, the idea of just, like, a, a giant, like, peanut butter cup man or like a three musketeer man just like just like slice him open. it's like Whoa! and then just kids are just like Whoa! it's just like hysterical to me don't um, mind us folks this incoherent bullshit is just like the day-to-day banter that we come up with on a regular basis because you know we're basically just two nine-year-olds in uh, in adult <laughs> disguises
1: how many of like the mascots of like candy bars if those are real i've never been there i don't know but if those exist how many of them do you think get bitten by children who are just like oh boy mommy a giant chocolate
0: bar that's a good question (laughs) like yeah have you ever been to hershey park no i haven't i've been there twice and i don't remember how many there are but like they're around the park you you see them you can't go around the park and not see them so man that would would suck though (laughs) like that's like the start of that's the start of a friggin' zombie movie that needs to be made now (laughs) uh speaking of stupid kids it seems that old milton hershey had a soft spot for children as well i mean checks out liking children is probably a prerequisite for becoming a world-renowned chocolatier uh in 1909 he opened up the milton hershey school which is aimed at giving an education to underprivileged youths who would normally be shunned from society fuck does this guy look good now maybe i shouldn't have made fun of hershey parts yes. before i'm actually starting to feel kind of bad <laughs>
1: Over the rest of his life, Hershey built a cemetery, started a charity organization, and funded a hospital. Man, befittingly, since he was a chocolate god, we just gotta say, this guy Milton Hershey, he was an absolute sweetheart, seems. He
0: was... (laughs) That actually brings us to today's main topic, actually, since we're supposed to be talking about peanut butter cups, Reese's peanut butter cups. So, namely, another stamp in the Milton Hershey is a fucking saint column was his super generous and ridiculously supportive relationship that he had with the inventor of the peanut butter cup, Harry Burnett Reese. So, in other words, Reese's peanut butter cups.
1: Harry Burnett Reese, a.k.a. H.B. Reese, a.k.a. Reese, "...started off similarly to his friend Hershey, in that he began his career as a total (laughs) fuck-up. First he was managing fishing operations for a canning company, then he got into the butcher trade, and then he worked in a factory, and at one point was doing work in a paper mill. Normally any of these jobs might have been good enough for an ordinary person, but inexplicably Mr. Reese and his wife had 16 children. Sixteen fucking children." His poor wife, like, could she even
0: walk after all that? Oh, man, that sounds... Ugh. I want so badly to rag on this guy for that, but, like... ah, If he didn't need more money to feed the small village that was his wife and children, he might have never gone into the chocolate trade, and we wouldn't have peanut butter cups now. Like... People, like, people are always, like, joking around and, like, people think about how we live in the worst timeline of all, but, like, ho, 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 do I have news for all of you? Because if you think that we live in the worst timeline, picture everything wrong with 2020 right now, like the COVID pandemic, the United States presidential circus, I mean, election, the police brutality and protests and riots, that all sucks, and it's, it's, it's a, it's pretty damn bad, but picture all that bullshit in a world and there's no peanut butter cups. That yeah. could be worse. Way worse. <laughs> that could be totally fucking worse, folks. So, if that horn dog HB Reese had gotten it on with his wife just a few fewer times, had a tiny bit fewer children, he might not have reached out to a specific job ad, a job ad that would have sent him down the path to permanently improving all of our Christmases and Halloween's and Easter's and just in general. Yeah,
1: life in general. In 1917, H.B. Reese took a job at the Hershey Chocolate Company as a dairy worker. The next year, in 1918, Reese got a promotion when Mr. Hershey asked him to become the manager of one of their dairy farms.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, this business venture didn't exactly pay off either, since after just two years, Hershey closed down all of its dairy farms, and thus Mr. Reese was out of a job once again seems like working for a hotshot chocolate tycoon rubbed off on him though since reese then began dabbling with chocolate confections himself this same year 1919 restarted up the r and r candy company where they made absolute fucking trash <laughs> chocolate covered raisins chocolate covered dates that's what they made. may as well have been making fucking chocolate covered dog shit because raisins are basically on the same level as actual fecal matter let's be real Uh, Interesting side note here, one of Hershey's relatives actually worked for uh, this first company of Reese's, so it's just another pen in the quill or whatever, that's uh, how interconnected the Hershey's and the Reese's were.
1: R&R Candy Co. wasn't successful at first, so he restructured and started a new company, referring to it as Superior Chocolate and Confectionery Company.
0: Well, this second company wasn't very superior since it also ended up failing as well, because of fucking course it did. If you were just selling chocolate dates and raisins and chocolate nuts and shit, you would have had better success selling just the wrappers of them, because people could have used them for like toilet paper or something in the depression. Like, let this be a lesson to everyone out there. Don't get involved with raisins. Raisins suck. Raisins are terrible. Fuck raisins.
1: After this debacle, in 1921, Reese got another job for his old friend Milton Hershey, now working in one of his wa- in the warehouses. Since, in case you forgot, this guy had double digits children to account for. <laughs> Luckily, Hershey took him back again.
0: Man, it's hard to tell. Like, was Hershey like really just that great of a person that he just like was really looking out for Reese and just kept helping him out like that, or like were they fucking or something? <laughs> There's gotta be something else at play there. Like, I I don't know. Actually, now that I'm like I'm looking in the research at photos of H. B. Reese and. Eh, He's nothing special, like, not a bad-looking dude, but, like, he just kind of looks like every man you ever see from the early 1900s. Um, but, yeah, like, I don't know. I guess, like we said, I guess if you want to be the face of a giant international, like, chocolate company, like, in a giant industry, like, figure like that, you need to be naturally good on the inside. Like, you gotta be the chocolate. Like, a good core inside. Like, a, a tasty, sweet, caramelly core filled with chocolate pieces and, and puffed rice and chocolate mousse and oh oh god give me a minute
1: <laughs> well you recover i'll take over but yeah reese kept working for hershey while still experimenting with chocolates in his spare time at home which was now located in hershey pennsylvania and uh this business never really took off either <laughs> he still wasn't successful enough to do anything with it so he kept on working for hershey in the warehouse
0: So, after a year or so, Reese was then promoted to Foreman of the Warehouse by Mr. Hershey, and after another few years of that, he felt confident enough to try his hand at starting his own campany company, candy company, again. In
1: 1923, Reese quit his job at Hershey and started the HB Reese Candy Company, which still unfortunately included chocolate dates and raisin clusters, but featured a much larger lineup of things that actually resemble things you'd want to eat. Their initial offerings included marshmallows, butterscotch candies, caramels, ch- coconut candies, nougat, peppermint cream, and peanut butter treats, as well as two chocolate bars, the Lizzie Bar and the Johnny Bar, named after two of his kids.
0: I'm not sure why the other 14 kids didn't get anything named after them, but uh, like, it also must've been sucked to be in the room when he unveiled those bars to his family, like, children, gather around. I've got a brand new treat I want you all to try today. Ooh, yes, Pa, show us. We can't wait to see what sort of chocolate good you've made. This here is the Lizzie Bar. i named it after good old Elizabeth here. Why'd you name it after her, not me? Yeah, or me, or me, or me, why not? Now, now, children, settle down, settle down. I also made this other chocolate bar named after Johnny as well. But that's it. Johnny and Lizzie are your mother and I's favorites. The rest of you can all go to hell for all I care. <laughs> Fuck you.
1: Yeah, definitely no question about who dad's favorites were <laughs> yeah. i wonder if those two just got like the shit kicked out of them afterwards <laughs>
0: poor kids uh but yeah i guess third time really is the charm with mr reese as well because you know this one took off i wonder if they had just like started making peanut butter cups and stuff in the first company r&r if like they could have skipped all this <laughs> bullshit and just been successful the first time <laughs>
1: yeah, like so interesting. Imagine that you start a candy company that doesn't just focus on raising the dates and is actually successful. Crazy. Whoa. But most importantly of all, one of the most popular products by the HB Reese Candy Company was their new peanut butter cup. That's right. Reese's peanut butter cup.
0: yeah. sadly, there there isn't really a whole lot of documentation or like written accounts that we could find surrounding the invention of peanut butter cups. It just basically seems like Reese was just like screwing around for a few years seeing what types of chocolate goods he could come up with in his basement and that's about it. Like supposedly he first began working on like a peanut butter chocolate candy because like some local shop contacted him for help. Uh, Apparently some other chocolatier had been making a chocolate covered peanut butter candy but they just weren't manufacturing enough of them for the shop to keep up with so they basically just like asked him hey you think you could do this too and Reese agreed to step in and create his own version of it, and so BAM! Reese's peanut butter cup was created.
1: It's worth noting that during this whole time span, even though Reese had quit Hershey, he kept using their chocolate in his products as a sort of olive branch, I guess? That or it was just really convenient to use product that was being manufactured in the same town as you. Remember, Reese was operating this new company from his house in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And soon after he began the Reese chocolate company, he opened a factory in the same town.
0: Man, can I say, it's actually really inspiring to see, like, this great business relationship between these two dudes. Like, Hershey saw so much promise in Reese, despite the fact he just looked like a fucking, just, disaster loser. (laughs) And he was just, like, repeatedly willing to help the guy out. Like, even though for some time, like, Reese was actually a competitor with his own company. But apparently Mr. Hershey just took a liking to Reese. Like, he he just wanted to reward such a hard-working man for all his efforts. That and, like, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he saw a little bit of himself, like his younger self and Reese, for being such a fucking loser. Like, Hershey shit the bed with a few chalk adventures before he hit it big, and as we saw with Reese, he also failed to hit his stride. Repeatedly. <laughs> a lot of times, over and over. Quite frankly, dude was kind of a loser. <laughs> like, honestly, he might not have even made it anywhere if Mr. Hershey wasn't fighting so hard to help him succeed. <laughs>
1: Any, even you know, any famous podcasters out there want to be the Hershey's to our Reese? yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no one does. No one wants to help us. Um, We're
1: available if you do. Yeah, come on,
0: <laughs> uh, be a guest. We'll we'll let you. We'll say let you say all the swear words, and <laughs> we'll give you a Reese peanut butter cups, and we'll give you a stipend of. I don't
1: know. You can pet Charlie. Yeah, we'll
0: give you a stipend of Charlie pets. He's <laughs> he's calmed down and he's asleep. <laughs> but yeah, this relationship like it was to the point that during the early years of like the HB Reese candy company, despite having some success with it, like he still wasn't quite there and he still was in danger of going out of business due to like some economic hardships, probably because you have 16 children. It's going to be hard no matter (laughs) what. But uh, like, yeah, he ended up applying for a credit loan from the Hershey company and he was turned down by like their financial advisors. But then Milton Hershey himself stepped in and was like, no, fuck that. And like he granted him the loan with no questions asked. Like, honestly it's kind of sad like reese would have been homeless like six times if hershey didn't just pick him up over and over and over again but like at that like thank god he did because that's ultimately what led to reese's peanut butter cups like sticking around and being a thing
1: interestingly peanut butter cups were sold as part of a big box assortment alongside other products but the cups specifically became so popular with customers that people were begging reese to just sell them individually Reese listened to them, and in 1935, they began selling individually wrapped peanut butter cups, thus officially creating the modern version that we know today.
0: Or, I should say, we should say, uh, sort of creating the product we know today. Because there's one other interesting little trivia thing we got to go over regarding what makes Reese's peanut butter cups so damn special. During the process of roasting peanuts and making peanut butter for the cups, uh, it was common for Reese's machine he was using to like malfunction, which ended up like slightly burning the peanut butter uh basically like his machine was a piece of crap he couldn't Mm -hmm. afford a better one but interestingly enough this overcooked version of peanut butter it turned out to work really well with the chocolate so when customers got like the slightly burnt version uh you know they preferred it to the smooth normal peanut butter version
1: ironically reese eventually bought a newer better machine which ended up ruining the product because everyone wanted was used to the weird drier crumblier peanut butter from the old machine Luckily for all of us, Reese had the foresight to then modify the cooking process and had to actually put in a lot of work to replicate the old machine, basically fucking up their batches of peanut butter.
0: (laughs) But yeah, after Reese's peanut butter cups took off, you know, other companies filed suit. They began making their own peanut butter cups, but none of them could capture this same secret texture and flavor that Reese had worked so hard to, like, actively fuck up to, like, make it good. Peanut butter cups got more and more popular to the point that even in the 1940s during World War II... Uh, The sales of the product were doubling every single year, despite the fact they had, like, restricted ingredients and, like, war rations and stuff. Like, Reese knew how good the peanut butter cup was because due to this problem with rations and his supply chain, he just said, fuck it. He discontinued all other products and just focused all their efforts on peanut butter cups.
1: And in return for all the help and support of his friend Milton Hershey, Mr. Reese proudly advertised that peanut butter cups were made with Hershey's chocolate, funneling positive press back to the company.
0: Peanut butter cups were huge and they were one of the most popular chocolate treats in the United States for decades. By the 1960s, the annual sales of Reese's peanut butter cups were equivalent to like $243 million. That's incredible. And, uh, to sort of wrap things up finally in 1963, following, uh, Mr. Reese's death, unfortunately, um, it wasn't an early death, but he died. So following that death, the uh, the small village of offspring that was his like sons they agreed to merge the hb reese chocolate company with hershey which only helped them become even more popular to the point that it's frequently rated as one of if not the most popular chocolate bar in north america obviously though the story doesn't end there so it's time to get modern and see what people have been doing with peanut butter cups in recent history <laughs> So as we mentioned, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups tend to be one of the most popular chocolate bars in the world. Although, do they actually count as bars? I mean, they're not necessarily bar shapes, but to be fair, neither crowbars, or handlebars, or, um, bars.
1: But since they merged with Hershey's in the 60s, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups have only gotten bigger and better, quite literally with some special editions. For example, a few years back, Hershey introduced the Big Cup in 2005, which was a larger version, about one and a half times the size of a normal cup. Perfect if you're in the mood for that Reese's goodness and and a regular one just isn't enough.
0: Yeah, but nah, what if you're hungrier than that? What if you need a peanut butter cup that's a full-on half pound of chocolatey goodness? Well, then you're in luck, because Hershey upped the ante by creating the Reese's World's Biggest Cup, which was a full eight ounces for each cup. Note that the the moniker world's biggest was it's like branding not like an official title because it wasn't in fact the world's biggest and actually we should probably take back our you're in luck since they don't actually make these anymore but that's with good reason. A few years after that Hershey introduced a 16 ounce full pound peanut butter cup so those world's biggest cups they didn't really retain that title very long like Hershey outdid itself pretty quickly. Unlike the last ones, though, these are still available for purchase, uh, either from Hershey's website directly or at like, Hershey's specialty stores. There's one of those here in New York City, I think, but I can't vouch for anywhere else. But uh, hey, online is better than any person in- in-person in store right now with the pandemic this year.
1: Incidentally, you can get a lot of these giant-style peanut butter cups at small business candy shops and chocolate stores. If you ever knew around you, go chunk it out and see if you can get some.
0: Yeah, on the opposite end of things, Hershey also introduced Reese's Peanut Butter Cup fins for, um, I don't know, people who are on a diet but are still eating candy for some reason? I, I don't know. I've never been in a position to, like, eat a peanut butter cup and be like, mm, damn, I love these. You know what I really wish they do? Make them smaller so I can get less of them.
1: <laughs> who wants less peanut butter? I don't understand. Well. Also, after learning about how good food how Eh, how good for you peanut butter is like earlier in the episode wouldn't including less peanut butter make these less good for you eh,
0: so i mean yeah there's also like everybody's favorite goodie bag and stocking stuffer filler reese's miniatures which honestly uh hot take here those kind of suck like don't get me wrong i love them but like unwrapping them and like getting the paper cup off and then got a bunch of like paper and shits in there like that's like 10 times more difficult than just a standard peanut butter cup like I don't think anyone out there is looking to, like, I don't know. They're not looking forward to performing precise technical work with their fingers when they eat chocolates. Like, I assume everyone just wants to get it into their face as quickly as realistically possible. Like, honestly, it's a miracle that we don't all just, like, eat those damn things. Just, like, wrapper and all because you're so impatient.
1: Didn't you just unwrap all of the ones, like, in the package my parents got you for Christmas last year in one sitting? So yes. you just eat them all, like, without unwrapping them yes, later? Yes, that's what
0: I did. I sat down. I took a whole bag of Hershey's miniatures. And I took like a half an hour to just one by one, unwrap them and then put them back into the bag. And it was a pain in the ass, but I guess it was worth it. Uh, In terms of other varieties, Reese's has a bunch of other ones you've probably seen over time. So here's a short list. Caramel, Crunchy Peanut Butter, Double Chocolate Fudge, Cookie Crunch, Reese's Pieces, Double Crunch, Peanut Butter Banana Cream, Hazelnut Cream, Marshmallow, Chocolate Lovers, dark chocolate, white chocolate, inside out, and a taste of Georgia honey roasted peanut butter cups.
1: Honestly, I didn't know about 90% of those. Since when the hell was there a banana cream one? More importantly, why was there a banana cream one? Uh,
0: from what I looked into, supposedly the flavor was inspired by the like infamous sandwich that was responsible for transforming Elvis Presley from one of the hottest, coolest men on the planet into the world's very first Elvis impersonator. <laughs> if you're familiar apparently there was like some sandwich that elvis was really into i think he had it like a hotel or something and basically it consisted of a toasted sandwich grilled in bacon fat with like sugary caramelized bananas bacon strips and peanut butter on the inside and they would grill it in the bacon fat so uh yeah he started eating these things he loved them so much that he like ate them on such a regular basis that he went from like Rocker bod to dad bod to like Snorlax Bod. (laughs) And then he died.
1: Yeah, well I mean there was more than just the sandwiches behind that, but either way. Not really sure why they thought this was a good idea to base the peanut butter cup off of. Most people's reactions to that sandwich is generally like, what the fuck? I guess it could have been worse though. They could have stuck bacon bits into it. Ugh.
0: Ugh interesting little factoid here but the like iconic you got chocolate in my peanut butter you got peanut butter in my chocolate like slogan that they like everyone associates with reese's peanut butter cups and like old-timey like old-fashioned commercials Uh, it's actually not that old believe it or not like uh this is totally got to be a case of like the mandela effect right because like we thought that that was like really old and i feel like everyone thinks it's really old but so that ad campaign with, like, the two stupid kids, it was actually from, like, the 70s and the 80s, which, actually, wait a sec, Uh, shit, the 80s are, like, almost 50 years ago, son of a bitch, when did that happen, ugh, I swear, no matter what year it is, I still think, like, 1985 is, like, 20 years ago, fuck, anyway, yeah, those vintage ads, while, like, okay, fine, Maybe they're, like, 40 to 50 years old or whatever. Like, they're still not as old as if, say, they aired in, like, the 1940s or something, which I feel like most people seem that's when they're from. So, like, even though they are, like, you know, they seem super fucking old, they're not super fucking old. They're just fucking old.
1: Those ads are also just weird because it made it seem like peanut butter cups or some kind of new invention in the 70s when they'd already been around and popular for decades at that point.
0: Yeah, that's really bizarre. Like, ugh. Ah i guess like I th- they were probably like trying to like reboot peanut yeah. butter cups or something like that. who knows i mean i guess it worked because peanut butter cups are as popular as they've ever been yeah it uh it should be worth mentioning like even though reese's is the brand we all think about which you know is totally fair because they fucking invented the things there are still other brands out there that make them there's um Palmer that like one brand of like cheapo chocolate you get it like drugstores and like Genovese and stuff that tastes like cocoa powder and earwax. Um, yeah, let's, let's be honest. Like there's basically just like Reese's and a bunch of nobodies. Like there's a decent number of store brands that make their own cups. Like, uh, Walmart's got Sam's choice. Trader Joe's makes their own. I think Aldi and Lidl might have them. Like Aldi has a brand like Chalkour. We actually saw them in oh, the yeah. store today. But, um, then, you of course, you have, like, their wave of, like, pretentious, healthy candy brands, which slap all these buzzwords onto the package to try to trick you into feeling good about eating a chocolate bar. Um, I found a few of them, like, uh, Justin's, Unreal Foods, and Theo, who the hell are we kidding? Nobody gives a shit about these. We'll stop. Oh, actually, this one is a fairly recent one that I totally didn't even remember. Butterfingers apparently started making peanut butter cups a few years ago. I've oh, never, yeah. I've never had them before. Like we Like, we should give it a shot. Like, Butterfingers are delicious. Peanut butter cups are delicious. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, like I said, I forgot they existed until this episode, though.
1: Honestly, Hershey and Reese's built that brand up, and it shows. There's few products out there that are so closely linked to the brand name. And, again, part of that is probably because Reese invented it and it's interesting to think back to how the thing that set reese's cuffs apart was basically that he was too poor to afford a new machine so his <laughs> batches of peanut butter kept burning <laughs> now that texture and flavor is exactly what people want and crave
0: hey man salty and sweet is a banging flavor combo like i wouldn't trade it for the world opposites go well together baby salted caramel mm, bittersweet yeah punk rock and eyeliner chicks with guns for muscles contrast is attractive and hey, even science backs it up when it comes to food. According to Penn State University professor of food science, Greg Lee Ziegler, uh, it's something that's referred to as dynamic sensory contrast. Basically, your taste buds really like contrasting flavors and textures just because, I don't know, the way that it like lights up like the neurons in your brain and shit. So, for example, sweet smooth chocolate versus salty crumbly peanut butter. Ah, perfect.
1: <laughs> Fun- <clears throat> Funnily enough, though, this goes back to how we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that Hershey tried producing the Reese's peanut butter on its own, and it kind of sucked. Well, without chocolate covering it to give that sensory contrast, well, you just have shitty, ruined jar of burned peanut butter. <laughs> like, come on, who's gonna eat that?
0: In terms of very, very recent developments that we found for uh, Reese's and peanut butter cups specifically, well, actually, Hershey's done a really good job marketing, like, in recent years too, with like some, yeah, pretty like, hip innovations, I guess, a few years ago, they, uh, they started using the beloved Canadian American sassy pants horse overlord, also known as Will Arnett, as their spokesperson for peanut butter cups, using his grovelly, sensual voice, telling it like it is, uttering their latest catchphrase, not sorry, Reese's, as they appeal to, like, the everyman with commercials that basically boil down to, like, hey, uh, other candy is fucking trash, go buy Reese's for fuck's sakes, not sorry, Reese's. (laughs) i really wish they'd actually make that a commercial now
1: <laughs> but beyond some edgy marketing they also launched their very own candy trade-in program at a halloween celebration in Terrytown, new york of sleepy hollow fame basically the idea here was well fuck other candy get a reese's man that should be their slogan come on it, it has the same message of not sorry reese's but it's even better Anyway, at a parade on October 28th, 2018, Trigger Treaters could go to this thing that looked like a vending machine, deposit any candy they didn't want, and in exchange, they would receive peanut butter cups for them. And man, that is a brilliant idea. Why didn't they keep doing this stunt every year? Too many times have Trigger Treaters been jipped by receiving garbage like milk Duds and off-brand M&M look-alikes and taffy that's been sitting in a basement since the 50s.
0: You think that machine accepted pennies? Old ladies love giving out pennies for some reason. Actually, I do have one problem with this, though, and it's not actually Reese's fault, but namely, the parade festival they installed it at took place on October 27th for trick-or-treaters. So, right now, here's what's happening. Half our audience is probably scratching their heads like, trick-or-treating on the 27th? The and then the other half of our audience is sitting there going, I don't get the big deal. And the latter half of you are fucking wrong. See, I didn't realize this, but a few years ago, I found out from a friend in New Hampshire that like, there are a lot of places in the United States where trick-or-treating is just like set on a day in October. That's not Halloween. Like it's they, stupid, right? Like how, like how, why, what, like, what is that? Like trick-or-treating and Halloween. Like that's the thing you do for Halloween. Like that'd be like, oh yeah, you know what, um, Just set up a christmas tree in like february and you're gonna open your presents on thanksgiving fuck that like i from what i heard from what i could like tell it seems like places like small towns what they'll do is instead of just like being like hey kids like do your trick-or-treating like on halloween they'll like organize trick-or-treating like it's this like municipal like like established thing like i don't even like some places might even organize it through their like township it's so bizarre
1: yeah, it's stupid. I feel like, wasn't there a thing? Didn't we see a thing when we first learned about that? That some places wanted to, like, make instead of making Halloween the 31st, make it, like, the last September, yeah. uh, last, like, Saturday of October or something.
0: Yeah. And, like, that's dumb. Fuck that. Get the fuck out of here. You can't change the day of Halloween. Like, regardless of anything, like, it's supposed to coincide with, like, I don't know, All Saints Day and, yeah. like, All Hallows Eve and all that shit. Like, I, like, I think, uh, I think it was, like, a couple years ago, like, was was it, like, Ohio? Or, like, I feel like it was one of our relatives. Like, they were complaining that, like, trigger treating got canceled or something because they had, like, a storm or something. Oh, yeah, I think
1: it was. I, yeah. I don't
0: remember what happened. Like, Ohio doesn't get hurricanes. So I don't remember if it was a hurricane or a snowstorm or what the frig it was. But, like, I remember them complaining because they had, like, the town canceled trigger or treating yeah. It's, like, the town doesn't <laughs> get to decide that. Like, not to get, like, ah, libertarian, like, fucking, like, the government doesn't get to decide Halloween. The government has no fucking, like, regulation of Halloween. Halloween is Halloween. Like, it's, uh, like, it's ruled by ghosts and pumpkins and fucking skeletons. Like, if the friggin', like, I don't know, if you're, like, local legislators are like, Halloween can't take place this year, or be like, it has to be on, like, Friday the 25th. Like, fuck them. Give them the middle finger and go trick-or-treating on Halloween, because that's bullshit. Ugh. Let's finish this up.
1: (laughs) All right. yeah uh so like there's one final genius maneuver on hershey and reese's part this story is brand new it's hot off the presses it's on fire oh. it'll give you third degree burns if you handle without oven mitts that's how hot it is well actually by the time you listen to this podcast it'll probably be like over a week old and have cooled to room temperature oh.
0: <laughs> but uh yeah seriously um this is a very this is from about a week ago Reese's recently announced that they're launching a socially distant trick-or-treat machine they will give trick-or-treaters access to peanut butter cups, which of course fits into the Oof. whole 2020 narrative because, you know, COVID-19 is still a problem in a lot of places. Basically, this thing is, it's like a giant rectangle box with wheels with a door on the front of it, like an actual like house, like spooky haunted house door attached to the front of it. It shoots out smoke and lights and it gets driven around. On, it's going to be driven around, like, a few select neighborhoods on Halloween night, because you fucking trick-or-treat on Halloween <laughs> night, and when people go up to it, you can announce, trick-or-treat, and you'll not just receive a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, you'll receive a king-size Reese's Peanut Butter Cup pack. Motherfucker. How cool is that? Like... Halloween, obviously, and trick-or-treating are different this year, because, everyone, you know, we have the pandemic still going on, so, like, everyone's afraid of getting sick, and, like, it, there's all different reports of, like, how long it lasts on surfaces, and it's airborne, and that's the more dangerous thing, so, like, I, I don't know, like, I've been of the mindset that, like, Halloween is, like, the one holiday that is perfectly set up for a friggin' pandemic, because one it's mostly outdoors and two everyone's already wearing a friggin' mask so i don't see the problem here like like i don't know there's just like there's the idea of like oh you're gonna get like i don't know you gotta check your candy for tampering like are people gonna sneak coronavirus Mm -hmm. into your snickers bar like i think it's sage advice that if you have an open chocolate bar like don't eat it regardless yeah so like i don't know like maybe people, like, send their candy off to, like, the lab and, like, have a test of coronavirus, like, 14 days later. It's like, good news, kids! It's COVID-free! Dig in! (laughs) But, yeah, so, to Reese's credit, they came up with this idea to, you know, basically cut out the idea of, like, people interacting with each other. So, it's just a big, dumb robot box that, like, shoots out candy. Like, I love the idea, especially, that, like, they, someone that works for Hershey's is gonna be tasked with driving a giant glowing vending machine around some neighborhood on Halloween. Like, what a bizarre job that's gotta be. Like, what unlucky intern got forced into that? Like, Johnson, you've been with us a few months now, we've got a new assignment for you. Like, yes sir, are we gonna brainstorm some new Reese's Peanut Butter Cup ideas? No! Tell me, how good are you with RC cars? Um, no, I mean, not, not not, very good. Well then, tell me this. How good are you with giant RC vending machine cars on wheels? Uh, I, I, what? Here's the controller, here's the interface. Learn to drive before Friday, you're fired. And make sure you hit the lights and fog effects. It's gotta be spooky! <laughs> Seriously,
1: though, good for the people who get to use it. Because just seeing pictures of it is so ludicrous. It's great. Like, we would totally lose our shit if we saw the thing drive around Patch Oh my God. I totally
0: would. Uh, We'd be knocking children out of
1: the way.
0: Trick or treat
1: machine, machine, trick or
0: <laughs> Oh, seriously, though. Like, man. You know, 2020 has been a shitty year, but, like, there's there's a lot bad going on. Like, you know what though? It's got a lot of golden linings hidden away.
1: Charlie really wants to put his head on the laptop there.
0: Twenty twenty it's been a real shit fest. But like we there's a couple of golden linings that like you can find if you look for them. Like pollution's been down because there's less traffic. Thousands of companies and employees are discovering that like you can totally work from home in your pajamas and get work done. But most importantly, somewhere out there kids are going to run up to a fucking Halloween robot and receive king-sized peanut butter cups from it. And that is a beautiful thing that almost makes the millions of deaths worth it. Almost, almost. Note that I said almost there. Not not quite worth the trade, not quite all the deaths, but but please, please don't hashtag cancel us. It's it's too soon for that. And that about wraps it up for today's main course. I hope you guys all saved room, as always, for some desserts. wow this episode's finally shaping up to be a little bit shorter yes. than the last few because the last few were just like hour and a half hour 45 minutes like i just they keep ticking up yeah i don't know but like from what we've heard people like the research people like hearing all the wacky dumb history about dumb food <laughs> so uh, i don't know it's uh, that's the part to be like <laughs> yeah It's good to, you know, we've been breaking these down into sections and, like, uploading them separately on YouTube lately, so you don't, if you want to learn about the history of food, but you don't have fucking 90 minutes to devote to it, you can at least watch little snippets, like, 20 minutes here and there. So, um, let us know if you have any feedback about that. Feel free to tell us to go fuck off if you don't like that, but, uh... That brings us to today's episode's dessert, which we're going to be doing poor taste. So poor taste is a relatively newer, art, uh, a relatively new addition to poor couple's food guide, Deep Dish. Basically, poor taste is where we take a look at food news, events, stories, and other reports that just plain left a bad taste in our mouths. We live in the age of information, and it's never been easier to find out just how many stupid people are out there, especially when it comes to food. So, we'll give you a rundown of any number of, like, topics, usually culinary ones, that we found to be cringe-inducing, truly bizarre, or just generally in poor taste. Here we go!
1: So, for this episode, we tried to stick with, like, Halloween theme. And, um, so these are all, like, candy or Halloween related. The, um, our first article is from, this is actually from last month now. Um,
0: so old internet years September
1: 25th. <laughs> yeah, the headline is man dies after eating bags of black licorice every day. <laughs> what the hell? But
0: like yeah I have questions yeah. here. I got a lot of questions.
1: Apparently though licorice contains a compound known to be toxic in large doses which Jesus. just like underlines the fact that black licorice fucking sucks yeah. and no one should eat it. Don't
0: eat black licorice. Black licorice is, black licorice is garbage. It's disgusting. There's but, not a lot of foods out there that are black that you're like, oh, boy, let's eat that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, apparently he was... Um, 54-year-old Massachusetts yeah. man. He was... Uh, ah. Oh, yeah, he, he was consuming one to two large packages of soft candy every day and, like, <sighs> little else. A few weeks oh. earlier, he'd switched from eating, like, red licorice to black licorice, and that was apparently his downfall. Oh,
0: no, see? You, you switch over from, like, the, the strawberry candy one to the, oh, no, tablet down. <laughs> you switch over from the red licorice, strawberry flavor, to the fucking garbage, like, squid ink licorice, and it kills you. Yeah. That stuff will kill you. But- apparently, he was in a fast food restaurant when he suddenly gasped and began shaking and lost consciousness, according to this report
1: how much was the restaurant sweating that it was like their food that caused (laughs) this? They're like,
0: oh, fuck. (laughs) We're going to get sued. And then they saw this and they're just like, local man dies from black... Oh, yeah! Yes! I mean, it sucks the guy's dead, but yeah, we didn't kill him. Thank God. (laughs) Who'd have thunk, like, if you're at a friggin' fast food restaurant, like, everyone around who's probably like, oh, that man's having a heart attack because he ate too many Big Macs. Yeah. Hey, lesson here, though, black licorice is disgusting and will kill you. If you eat black licorice, you'll die. Don't eat it. Let's move on to the next one here. It's easier for you. (laughs) So... We have an article from Pop Sugar that is all about candy sticking, which is an even safer and far cuter version of leaving out trick or treat candy on Halloween night.
1: Yeah, so basically, this idea is instead of, well, first of all, instead of opening the door to little children who can cough on you and give you COVID, and like, so like a lot of people will probably leave out bowls. But no, that's not good enough either. What you got to do is you got to take the candy that you're giving out Mm -hmm, and put it on sticks. And then stick those sticks in your yard so that dogs can walk by and pee (laughs) on them. And then children can come take them and eat them.
0: (laughs) Oh, I'm looking at the picture and yeah, this is really based. So like picture a lawn and the lawn has just like a bunch of lollipops, just like 50 lollipops or just like just chocolate bars with fucking sticks in them and it's just spaced apart here 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 all over the lawn Th- this is this <laughs> is so stupid who has the time to do that i don't know They even it's been dubbed
1: candy sticking like that's even a stupid name yeah.
0: here like what i don't get how is this safer than just putting a ball out
1: i like, guess because like less people touching the candy but I, like i said now you have like animals that can just yeah. come and like nibble on them or like pee on them i plus, and, like, people are, like, step on them
0: it, it, like i don't know any kid that if you're worried about kids touching the whole bowl like i got news for you like kids are gonna go around and they're gonna touch every single one of those yeah, freaking pieces too. of candy too honestly some kid is gonna walk over in the same douchebag that just dumps the whole bowl into their pillow sack is gonna just like stand there and go bink bink Bing, I got them all, and they're gonna take all of them. So, like, you're the, the friggin' like forty five minutes it took you to set this stupid shit up. Someone's gonna just like rip it all out and like and take it and steal it in like five minutes, yeah. if even, not even a minute.
1: And then, is everyone who does this going to go through at the end of the night and like pick up any candy that yeah, hasn't been right. taken, so they're not littering or like poisoning like wild yeah, animals who come through shit. later?
0: It's just, like, yeah, okay. Like, I know, like, COVID and, like, the pandemic is worse in different parts of the world, in different parts of the country, but, like, so, like, we're very fortunate here in New York that, like, our numbers are still pretty low, and, like, no one has, like, stood up and be like, no trick-or-treating anymore, even though, like, people absolutely still would after my rant before, (laughs) but... Uh, like, other places, yeah, there there are a lot of places where, like, their hospitals are still really full and all this, like, shit that's, like, you know, actually scary and not just, yeah. like, I'm wearing a Frankenstein mask. Um, but, yeah, like, for places like that, like, I, like, what is the actual risk in trick-or-treating like i'm not a doctor i used to be an emt i'm a retired emt so have a little bit of medical training but like i'm not an epidemiologist but i understand data and studies and shit that i read So as far as i can tell it seems like the real risk is that it's airborne and shit so if you're standing in a room and breathing shit in when people are coughing and fucking peeing and shitting and all over the place i don't know how they are doing that but like if they have <laughs> coronavirus and they're doing that stay far away even if they don't have coronavirus but like that's the real risk, is that if someone coughs, it can just fly around. But so, like, regardless of that, even if you're like, oh, I'm worried about, like, the, I don't know. Like, if if kids come to your door, like, first of all, don't bring them into your house. And second of all, like, any kid that comes into your house, that, that works both ways. Like, if kids are going into strangers' houses and you're worried about them getting coronavirus in the house, like, you got bigger problems yeah. than that kid's going to a stranger's house. But then, similarly, on the other end of things, if you're an adult and kids come trick-or-treating and you bring them into your house, like, you got bigger problems <laughs> than if that kid is going to, like, transmit COVID into your house. So, like, I don't, like, just... Basically, if,
1: like, the doorbell rings,
0: don't cough in the people's face. Yeah. And,
1: ultimately, if they look like they're about to cough... Close the door yeah. in their face. It
0: just like you can do the six foot. Thing. Honestly, turn it into a game. You know, it'll be more fun than friggin' just wasting time dinking a bunch <laughs> of stupid like candy into your lawn. Here's what you do. You say, all right, kids, open those pillow sacks up, and you go, boo, and you toss them in like friggin' like ring toss or skee ball, and just chuck them in. Yeah. And like, I don't know, if you don't make it into the pillow sack, you know what's gonna happen? The kids gonna bend down, pick it up, and put it in anyway because kids want friggin' candy. That's what they're there for. I don't. Th- I would be shocked. I'd be absolutely shocked if anyone gets coronavirus just from trick or treating, as yeah. long as it's trick or treating outdoors. Ugh! If let's I take... walked
1: up to a house and saw this menagerie of candy just stuck in the lawn, I would be like, "What the fuck?" I don't even know if I would take the candy. I would yeah, just honestly, be like, "What is this?" Yeah, like, I,
0: I, I, might just be like, you know, that's kind of creepy and not fun. Creepy. kind it yeah. just looks like the kind of creepy. Like it looks like.
1: I would think there's something mentally wrong with the person who lives there. I'd be. If
0: I were a kid, I would be like ooh, a serial killer and, like, a pedophile (laughs) lives in that house. And he's, like, waiting. That's the trap. That's the trap they set. And then we see the kids, like, bending down, like, huh, do I want a Kit Kat or do I want a Twix? They leap out, and they're like, ha-ha! And they put them into a big bag, and they sling it over the back, and they run back into their pedal van, and vroom, they take off. Uh, Let's take a look at the last one. So this final article comes from... Uh, some local radio station, KRMS. I don't know where the hell it is.
1: Sorry, I just got really distracted because I noticed the tablet. Browser has like a million tabs open.
0: <laughs> so this final article comes to us saying, Pulaski Sheriff's Office advises residents to check Halloween candy. And this kind of piggybacks off of what we were just complaining about. Basically uh, th- this this Sheriff's Office is, you know, they're just... Put out like a a, a like a, a a psa, being like parents like they should always check their candy before children consume it. But like it's especially t- like important to check it this year, because this year a deputy found marijuana edibles that mimics popular candy. Oh Whoa. no! Not the marijuanas! <laughs> no. How many marijuanas do you think they crammed into that Reese's Peanut Butter Cup? This is just this is so bizarre. Like for like it says some of the candy that resembled or that the that resembled edibles was skittles and gushers it's just like first of all like the whole notion of like check your candy might have razor blades and it might have drugs and it might have coronavirus and like that's like one of the biggest myths in like the last century like there's if you look it up there's like virtually no instances of kids getting sick from like candy that's been tampered with
1: yeah, like, I think they just get sick from eating too much fucking yeah, candy it, yeah that, that's the
0: bigger problem like there's like uh the, the, I, i'm i'm looking up to like fact check this right now like there's there's a handful of cases ever in history and even then most of them were found with um they're they're like children that got the candy from a relative like they're like Strange, like father or something or some relative that was mad at the kid uh there was also someone laced candies with laxatives which that's that's actually kind of prank. that's just funny that's a prank bro but like there's no historical like sort like there's no instance in history of halloween of a kid getting seriously sick or hurt or anything from eating like tampered candy it's like this is just bizarre this is just like
1: Ugh. like i don't know i mean like i'm no like expert but like if even if your kid like ends up eating an edible like yeah they're just gonna like want some more food and go to bed yeah. right like i don't <laughs> think like, it's like that huge of a deal it's not it's like a, if it was like poison yeah
0: like there's difference between like marijuana and drano for yeah. example your kid's just gonna be like like if the person's that. handing
1: out tide pods then that's <laughs> yeah, bad that's but, a bigger like,
0: problem <laughs> i'm surprised that this hasn't been a thing yeah. like with all the tie pot outrage but I just, again this goes back to what i was saying with coronavirus is like if you get candy that is open don't eat it yeah like no one can sneak fucking marijuana edible like gushers or whatever into us like a whole unopened package of gushers yeah that's not gonna happen like and if you get a package of skittles where it's like Skittles is spelled with, like, three
1: Zs. Yeah. That's not real Skittles. <laughs> don't eat know. that, children. Then
0: you know it's not good. Then, oh, it's just, like, I don't know. Like, there's parents, like, honestly, my parents never even checked my candy after I was, like, six, I think. I think they were just, like, if anything's open, throw it out.
1: Yeah, I feel, like, similar. Maybe, like, honestly, I feel like my parents would go through my candy more to see, like, if there was anything, like, they wanted. <laughs> yeah, like, that, like I, oh. <laughs> that, like, they could take.
0: Oh, I don't know. This... This 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 king size Twix oh with with four Twix bars in it I don't know this looks like it's got a hole we're gonna have to take this we'll <laughs> we'll take this and get rid of it and they're just like, oh,
1: I feel like. I almost feel like one time I remember last episode we spoke about those shitty like peanut butter candies oh, yeah. and the like black and orange wrappers. I almost feel like one time I ate one and I was like, "Oh no, this tastes bad, Mom! I think this candy was like what I like was you think this was like poison?" She was like, "No, this is how they taste. yeah those are
0: just <laughs> bad candies." Yeah, I, I can't imagine any pa- like parents don't like doing things with their kids most of the time. So I can't imagine any parent just being like. All right, kid, you got, like, 270 pieces mm-hmm. of small candy. I am going to go over every single one, and I'm going to closely, I, like, investigate it to make sure there are no small holes on them. Nobody does that. Like, I, like I said, like, I think once your kid is, like, old enough to, like, go out by themselves, like, you don't have to check their candy because they're smart enough to do it on their own. And if you're going with them, you can tell if a candy you got from, like, a crack house is yeah. not worth it. You'll just, you'll just slap it away. Be like, no, don't have that, Billy. It, just, just be smart and don't be stupid, and you're not going to be the first person to die from Halloween candy. So with that, we're all set here. Check, please. That should wrap it up for this week's edition of Poor Couple's Food Guide Deep Dish Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's Halloween spookacular edition, which wasn't actually all that spooky unless... You just think about how stupid people are and that's what's really spooky.
1: It's so scary, the horror!
0: Remember, we are in fact the only podcast left where you're more likely to learn about serial than serial killers. Search recipes,
1: cooking tips, and other cool stuff on our website, poorcouplesfoodguide.com. And don't forget, you can always write into to us at mail at poorcouplesfoodguide.com to ask for any food advice that you may need. You
0: can also send in any comments, feedback, criticism, hate mail, love mail, chain letters, postcards, Halloween cards, and whatever random pondering should pass your mind. Once again, that's mail at poorcouplesfoodguide.com. Or if you like, you can hit us up on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram as well.
1: While you're at it, try and give us some ratings and reviews on whatever platform you're using. It really helps us gain exposure, which is great while we try to help Deep Dish's audience grow. Or if you're on, U- you're on YouTube, please give us a like. And if you haven't, scare that subscribe button to death. You changed that as I was reading it. <laughs> Sorry,
0: we have to make this the spooky edition. We are a few days out from Halloween, so because of that, hope all of you have a happy Halloween. Happy trick-or-treating, happy parties, and whatever you do. Don't fall off a chair like Charlie just did. Until then, we bid you a good day and good eat, So stay hungry and keep feeding that brain. And tummy. Here's me talking. Here's me talking. Here's me talking. Do you think anyone likes the sound of their voice so much that they just walk around going, here's me talking?
1: Maybe.